right now, we welcome back to the show from the Tennessee Firearms Association, John Harris. He uh, is here to talk to us about uh, pistol braces, pistol stabilizers, and the possibility of actual constitutional carry in the state of Tennessee. Hey, John, good to talk to you again. Good to be with you this afternoon. Uh, you know, we had uh, a, a great conversation yesterday on the show about I'm not very familiar with pistol bracing or pistol stabilization. Uh, and I know that you make it your business to be familiar with all these types of things, not only as a gun advocate, uh, but also through the Tennessee Firearms Association. What is your best way to describe to people who are not familiar what exactly pistol braces are? Yeah, there are certain types of, of weapons, most prominently the AR-15 platform, <clears throat> where manufacturers uh, had, based upon the ATF and the congressional enactments, the statutes, had developed a device that is called a pistol brace. And essentially, you know, a lot of these AR platforms shoot a rifle caliber, the, the two two three or the five five six, and to be able to manage it, they uh, essentially put an extension on the back of the AR-15 where the shoulder stock would normally be, and these extensions were designed to be an arm brace. They typically would strap around the arm, and there have been guns uh, with that type of attachment dating back for a, a century. And these manufacturers got, they submitted samples to the ATF, and the ATF issued formal written rulings in the past that said, these are not stocks. These are specifically designed to stabilize the weapon if you're shooting it as a pistol, one-handed, and concluded that they were, uh, did not change what was being manufactured as a pistol into a short-barreled rifle, an SBR. And that was critical because when they were able to accomplish that based upon the statutory definitions people could acquire these AR pistols without having up to a year delay or paying the $200 tax that's required for a short-barrel rifle. And, and all the controversy that's popped up since last week and has been brewing for a few months is, although ATF has, has advised in writing these manufacturers uh, that these things would be classified as pistols, they changed their mind effectively last week after Biden told them to change their mind and they have issued a ruling that reclassifies these devices as actually creating a short barrel rifle which is going to require people to register those with the ATF uh, within this 100-day amnesty period. Uh, if they don't want to register them then they become contraband at the end of the 120-day period, and you're subject to felony prosecution at the federal level for possessing them unless you have those tax stamps and paperwork. John, we just had a federal judge slap down the Biden administration. Oh, no, I'm sorry, not the Biden administration, the Trump administration with regard to bump stocks as they tried to, through executive action, through circumventing the legislative process, ban bump stock sales in the United States. Do you expect the same outcome in this situation? Oh, absolutely. Uh, ATF has done this in three categories. They did it with the bump stocks. And, and what they're doing is 
the law is pretty clear. We got three branches of government, and one, only one branch gets to make public policy and laws, and that's Congress. Congress had never actively, although there's been a lot of efforts to, they've never had the votes to change the definitions uh, of machine guns or short barrel rifles to reclassify formally by statute items that used either the bump stock or the AR brace, the pistol brace, as uh, machine guns or short barrel rifles. Uh, and so what's happened is the administration, first under Trump with the bump stocks and then under Biden with uh, triggers and with uh, bump stocks, have reclassified non-machine guns or non-SBRs to be within the congressional definition. And the Fifth Circuit, which is based out of Texas, has just put down a ruling that says you can't do that with bump stocks. Essentially, the ruling is that an agency doesn't have constitutional authority to change a congressional definition, which makes sense. Uh, the problem is that there are 11 federal appellate circuits, and the Fifth Circuit's decision generally only holds water in the Fifth Circuit because this same issue has gone up through other circuits, including the Sixth Circuit, where Tennessee is governed, and they've reached the opposite conclusion. And is it not, so, is it not, not to interrupt you there, um, uh, John, but is it not often the case that that would lead to the Supreme Court needing to resolve the conflict between the two circuits or multiple circuits? Yes, it, that's exactly what is the uh, path that this is going to take. It's it's the it's the delay in getting these to the Supreme Court, and based upon a decision they did last year with the EPA and its regulatory powers to make crap up. It is quite foreseeable that once this does get to the Supreme Court, the bump stock, the force reset triggers, and even the arm brace rulings by the ATF are going to get struck down on most likely separation of powers grounds. Right. This takes an action by the Congress of the United States of America to engage in any way in changing some of the laws already on the books. You cannot simply, by executive order, redefine what something is to fit your own ideological or you know, political positions. Correct. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, well, I'm glad to get your thoughts on it, John. And the second question I had for you, uh, and I, by the way, appreciate you coming on on short notice. We had some, I had someone ask me via email if I had any additional information about the concepts of constitutional carry in this general assembly session. And I did not, but I know you've been keeping up with it. I want to start here because you do this so much better than I do. Explain to people the difference between constitutional carry. You've long said that we do not have true constitutional carry in the state of Tennessee, even though they have passed a law that most would describe as permitless carry. What is the difference? Constitutional carry is an environment where it is simply not a crime <clears throat> for you to carry a firearm in public with the intent to go armed. The significance of that is if an officer sees someone in a constitutional carry state openly carrying or they suspect they're carrying a firearm in public, they don't have probable cause to believe a crime has been committed and therefore they don't have 
lawful authority to stop them, detain them, question them, demand to see a permit, or even take possession of the weapon. So that's what constitutional carry provides as a shield against law enforcement interaction. What Tennessee has is we've got a law, 3917-1307A, that says it's a crime for anyone to carry a firearm with the intent to go armed. And there's only two elements to the crime, and if an officer sees those two elements, they have lawful authority to stop, detain, and question you about what you're doing and why you're doing it. And in Tennessee, it's critical for people to understand that because it's a crime to carry with the intent to go armed anywhere in the state, including your own home, your own property, your own place of business, that what Tennessee has created are a laundry list of statutory defenses or exceptions that include things like I'm on my own property, I'm in my own home, I have a permit, I'm in compliance with the permitless carry law, we have all of those, and most people think that gives them the, you know, the right to carry in Tennessee, but all it really gives them the, do, the opportunity to do is if and when they're stopped by an officer for carrying with the intent to go armed, they have the opportunity to try to convince the officer that they fit within one of these defenses or exceptions. It, and if they cannot be successful, they get the right to tell a jury that. It, it seems to me, and, and you just hit on it, and, and I want to exclude what you just said for just a moment, because some would suggest that this is a distinction without a difference. You're saying the difference is, in the, in the real world, that if an officer believes that I'm carrying or sees me carrying, they have the opportunity to question me as to my motive or my purpose for carrying the weapon, based on this affirmative defense that you're discussing, whereas with a true constitutional carry provision under the law of Tennessee, the officer would have no reason to stop me, nor legal authority to stop me, to question me, simply on the basis of me being armed. Right? Am I I hearing you correctly? That's it in a nutshell. Well, it, it, it makes sense. What do police officers say about it, John? Do they want to keep the status quo as it is? Do they like the ability... Uh, to question individuals simply by the action of carrying the guns, or are they mixed on the matter, or 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 maybe they believe in constitutional carry? I, I would I would be surprised if the police would be all on board on the constitutional carry provision. Well, it, it's clearly a mixture. For example, if if you talk to and we have letters signed by some rural sheriffs in Tennessee that that say they are wanting Tennessee to honor the Constitution and pass real constitutional carry. On the flip side, you'll run into what I call the blue city cesspools, Memphis, Nashville, Knoxville, growing problem with Chattanooga and Mm -hmm. Hamilton counties, where those law enforcement agencies, particularly the guys that sit behind a desk as opposed to a steering wheel, they want the ability to stop anybody they see on the street that's carrying a gun and question them because they think they're going to catch people with arrest warrants, people that are up to no good, there's an intimidation factor. So they don't trust their population, so they want the ability to at least stop them and talk to them and find out what's going on. And so, yeah, there is. There's no concurrence within the law enforcement agencies. Guys on the street, a lot of them, particularly in rural areas, support real constitutional carry because that's what the Constitution says. But then you get 
municipalities, and the bluer they are, the worse it is, like Nashville, where those in control of public policy, our DA, for example, want the ability to have officers stop, question, and interrogate people, thinking they're going to discourage people from carrying, or they're more likely to have an opportunity to to identify either uh, someone with a warrant outstanding or a potential criminal. As always, John, great stuff when we have you on. You explain it so clearly, which is why we lean on you during these times to answer these questions. I appreciate you coming on on short notice, and we'll do it again very soon, friend.